one is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. We're delighted to have you with us. This is Tim Tomlinson coming to you. And of course, Pastor Sexton is with you every week, and this is one of the highest priorities in his life. And due to some unforeseen circumstances, he had to be away today. And he's asked that we have our special guest, Dr. Whiteside, with us today to answer a number of questions that we have received from you already and some that you want to send to us throughout the Shepherd Summit today. So I want to encourage you to do that. You can use the chat box to do that if you'd like to do so. And we're going to pray and begin and cover just a couple of things that the pastor wants us to cover and get very quickly to the questions about COVID-19 and this pandemic situation, about the vaccines that are coming up very soon. And I know many of you have expressed some interest in that. But gentlemen, God bless you. We see you joining in on the call, and many of you are coming in now. We're excited that God is using you and your churches there and uh, praying for you. Pray you'll have a wonderful Christmas week. I hope you can enjoy some time with your families this week. And some of you are just joining us. Pastor had to be away today, unfortunately. Uh, as you know, this is a highest priority for him, but just unforeseen circumstances. And we want to uh, present some things to you today to encourage you and help you. Dr. Matthew Whiteside is our guest, and we're looking forward to what God will do. Let's pray together, and we'll begin and read a verse of Scripture that we hope will encourage us and move forward in what we have designed for today. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for fine men who are working to serve you and live for you. And Lord, these men are some of the most important in our entire country. We know that because they have influence and they have uh, you with them, Lord, as they lead their churches. So bless them, I pray. Give them a wonderful Christmas week. And I pray that the next few minutes we spend together would be very helpful and informative and encouraging to them. And we pray you would bless Pastor. And we, we know that your hand is upon him. Please continue to bless and use him. And we thank you for his heart to help these preachers. And I pray all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to read to you from the Proverbs an encouraging verse that I hope that you will take to heart. Proverbs chapter 2, actually two verses, verse number 6 and 7. The Word of God says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. I hope that's an encouragement to you. The topic today, we're going to be talking about moving forward in the middle of this pandemic, as we've been talking about often in this Shepherd Summit with Pastor. And Dr. Whiteside will be answering a number of key questions that we're receiving. And some have been sent in just for this summit. Some we've received over the last few days. But let's take this scripture to heart that God giveth wisdom. Do you need Amen. wisdom? Uh, of course, every day. And we need it to lead others. We need it to exert the influence God wants us to exert. But we need wisdom from God. And we know He's the source. And this is an encouragement. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. It's as if God has a special reservoir of wisdom that's sound, good, healthy, helpful wisdom. And He has it laid up in store to give to His own. So God wants us to lead in wisdom. God wants us to lead in this world by having a sound wisdom that only God's people can have. And I'm praying that God will give that to you as a pastor, as a Christian worker. Uh, you have a sphere of influence that's amazing, and you need the wisdom from God, the sound wisdom. And I want to encourage you to know that He's laid it up for you. And the Bible says He's a buckler a buckler to them that walk uprightly. So he's going to give us that wisdom so that he can be our shield and be our protector. And we're trusting him for that. I hope you're encouraged today to know that God's in control. And I want to give you a different perspective for just two or three minutes. And then we're going to go to our questions with Dr. Whiteside about the pandemic and about this vaccine coming out. Pastor asked me to share just from a little different perspective I am someone who's helping the pastor. I am someone who's a worker in our church, just as Dr. Whiteside is as well. And I want to share with you how our pastor has helped us move forward from, from my perspective. As a worker, as a member of the church, I've been watching our pastor, and I praise God that he's helped us to keep putting one foot in front of the other, in front Amen. of the other. 
and we've seen God working here in a special way, um, especially in the last few weeks. God's blessed in our meetings. God's been blessing in the ministry outreach, in our families. And uh, I've just took a few minutes to step back and look and think, how has pastor helped us move forward? And maybe this would help you as a pastor to know what your people are thinking. How can you help them move forward? And I listed these five things. Uh, number one, he has consistently fed us the word of God. Amen. And that has helped me. And that's helped you, I know, Dr. Oh, yes. Whiteside. We're sitting in the meetings. We're listening to the consistent preaching and teaching of the Word of God. In fact, our Sunday school classes are teaching the Word of God. I just talked to someone uh, about two weeks ago, and they said, we're in a church, and our Sunday school classes still have not started up since mm -hmm. early March. And they say, we miss the Sunday school. We miss the teaching of the Word of God. And our pastor has consistently fed us the Word of God. And Amen. you know, God's Word will do its work. So yes. gentlemen, keep feeding people the Word of God. Don't give up on that. It's helping yes. us. Uh, we're growing. We're being built up. We're being nourished because of that. So I hope you'll keep doing that in your church. Number two, our pastor has led us to be a praying people. Oh, yes. That's something perhaps you've noticed in, in uh, Pastor Sexton, especially since this pandemic came out. We're praying at noon every day with our pastor. We're praying even more in our public meetings. Um, it's as if when people have a need, particularly a health need or, or maybe a need, a, a loved one is gone home to be with the Lord, that type of thing. It's as if it hurts especially more during this time when people can't get close and, and gatherings can't happen and people can't be together like they want to. And, so our pastors led us to be even more so a praying people, and that brings peace. Prayer brings peace to our hearts, and, and I appreciate the fact that we've moved forward by becoming more of a praying people. That's Amen. how we've been led, and I'm thankful for that. Number three, our pastor has encouraged and informed our workers and leaders. And I yes. think you and I both noticed that. He's worked with us in Sunday school workers' meetings. He's encouraged the staff and perhaps some of you have men and women who are working with you. They're helping you lead. It takes many hands to get the work done. And I've noticed that during these months, he's really given attention to encouraging and helping the workers in our church to keep them strong, to keep them moving forward, to keep them uh, like-minded and with his heart. And that's paid off, I think, great dividends. It's helped our whole church to move forward. Amen. In fact, even in recent days, because of Christmas, we've had some Christmas gatherings and yes. fellowships and some of those just with the workers and just with the leaders. And that has been tremendously encouraging for us to know our pastor's heart that he's in this thing and he's committed to the Lord and he's committed to our church. And gentlemen, uh, encourage your workers, influence them, and build them up all that you possibly can. And then two other things. Number four, he has kept us believing that God has more for us. Oh, yes. In fact, we have new projects for the new year. In fact, there's always something on the horizon. And pastors challenging us, God has more. Uh, one of our newest projects is uh, the development of a senior friends ministry center. And it's a way that we can help encourage senior adults in the new year and other projects as well. But God, uh, God has more for us, and our pastor has kept us believing that, and that keeps us moving forward as a church. And then the fifth thing I noted was this. He has emphasized the things that never change. You know, so much changing, but I've noticed pastor is emphasizing what has never changed Amen. in all these millennia. The yes. Word of God hasn't yes. changed. The power of the gospel has not changed. Um, our, our salvation in Christ has not changed. That's right. uh, the, the work of God through the local church really has not changed. That's right. It doesn't matter what the government's saying or doing. God still has his plan and how yes. he wants to get his work done in this age. And on and on we could go. But I've noticed in these months, Pastor has emphasized the things that cannot and never change. Of Amen. course. The most important of all those is just our God. He's immutable. He still loves us, and we've been encouraged and helped. Times have been difficult. There's no doubt about it. Times have been tough, but we've found great reasons to keep moving forward, and our pastor has encouraged us in these ways. Amen. And I want to encourage you as a pastor uh, to think about your people. They're watching. They're observing you. They're noticing these things, just like I do, and just like Matthew does. Oh, yes. 
And so be the leader that God wants you to be, the shepherd that God wants you to be right there in your local church. Now, I think we have many men on the call now, and I'm thankful for that. I see many of you here and a lot of familiar faces as well. And so, gentlemen, we're happy to see you. Again, if you're just joining, we're trusting that God will give you a wonderful Christmas week. And Pastor had to be away today. Unfortunately, I, I know that you know he tremendously regrets that because this is such a, a privilege to him to speak to you. But he asked that we have Dr. Whiteside with us again today because we're trying to stay in touch with what's going on. And things are changing very quickly with this pandemic and with especially with vaccinations that are coming out. I know that's one of the big questions. We talked about this a number of months ago because we knew this was on the horizon. And now... What was on the horizon is right in front of us, and yes, people sir. are being vaccinated today. Uh, someone showed me a video just this morning of uh, Mr. Biden being vaccinated, and um, we presume that was a real video. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know all these things, do we? But uh, anyhow, public officials, leaders saying, I'm taking the vaccine, and a lot of questions have come in from pastors about this, especially now that it's at our doorstep. And so, Dr. Whiteside, um, many of these men know you yes, and sir. because you've, we've introduced you in the past, but we're thankful that you're with us. He's working with us in Crown College. He leads our, he's, he's the dean of our School of Science and Healthcare and leads our whole work in science teaching and uh, came to the Lord a number of years ago, yes, several sir. years ago now. God did something great in your life, didn't Amen. he? Yes, Bring sir. you to him and has had a renowned background even before coming to Christ as a scientist. Yes, sir. Uh, well published, especially in the area of nanoscience yes. and nanoscience technologies. And, and so we're, we're delighted that you're with us and we're thankful that you're here among us and uh, of course connected to the Shepherd Summit so oh, yes. that we can answer questions. And I've had a number of people, especially even the last couple of days, send me articles and videos and that type of thing as I'm sure many of these men have about the vaccinations and uh, a number of these questions have been sent to us and so I want you to I want you to tell us I think I think the biggest question on everybody's mind is is this safe oh yes does this have some type of side effect is this something that we should be concerned about I know I heard a local uh, radio personality here just about a week ago, say, well, it's just all political. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason to be concerned. Everybody should just move forward. Um, we've got to discern truth from error. In fact, we need what the Bible says here, the sound wisdom that God yes. has for the righteous. And so we need help with that. And I want to I turn this over to you for a minute, and maybe we could just start with that question. Absolutely. How safe is this thing? I think that's, uh, thank you, Mr. Tomlin, and thank you, men, for allowing me to be here today. I'm very excited uh, to be here. You know, as a scientist, I am very fond of research. I'm very fond of the scientific method. I believe that God is the author of the scientific method found in the book of Daniel, um, even though a man gets credit for it. You know, uh, science as a general method that is circular, it is, is not a linear thing, it, it's constantly going back and rehypothesizing, uh, is slowly catching up to what the Bible has simply always said. We find that more and more and more frequently, uh, especially over the past hundred years. Uh, science is slowly catching up to s biblical truths that are given. A question like Mr. Tomlinson has told us that has been asked a lot is just simply, are these vaccines safe? And I think to establish the thought process behind that, we first need to talk about what these vaccines are because there are many uh, vaccines. There are two that are already out there and there's more to come. There's two more right behind it, but they're slightly different in their characteristics. They're different in the, made, in the way that they were made. They're different in their chemical composition and they're different in their mechanism of function of how it actually affects your body. Um, I wanna first talk about just the Pfizer and Moderna uh, vaccinations uh, that are out there right now, because those are the two prominent ones. They've already been injected hundreds of thousands of times, yes. and there's data out on these. Um, I actually have been asked this question quite a few times. Uh, we've made a, a few slides, just a few things uh, to show you this, but to preface everything that we're gonna talk about, you've, you guys have sent such lovely and wonderful questions and, and important questions that need answers. Uh, we need to give that information, but I wanna preface all this with you know, at the Crown College and, and at the Temple Baptist Church, we want to inform you. We want to give you the information so that you can see for yourself 
um, what the science says, what people are saying, what the experts are saying, and then from that be able to use discernment uh, yeah. to make decisions right. on, on, on how to move forward, uh, who you want to contact, uh, what the Lord has led you to say. But I want to make sure I give you the references for everything we say today. I don't want you to look and say, well, Dr. Whiteside said this. You need to, you need to see what the actual data says, what the actual science says, and, and be able to go read it for yourself, discern it for yourself. And we want to provide that information today. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind, if you'd put the first slide up, I just want to talk a little bit about this. So a scientist friend of mine sent me a link a while back about the MHRA. And a lot of people don't know what the MHRA is, and I just want to explain that to you. It's, it's a Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency that is founded in uh, the, uh, the European Union. It's founded in, in Europe. And what this does is it provides protection for people that don't know whether something medically is safe or not. They have a government agency that does that. Um, if you look at the top part of this, the MHRA, that's the research association here, the, uh, the agency, sorry, their chief executive has said, we are pleased to have received further data from Pfizer about their COVID-19 vaccination. And that sounds great. You know, they got the preliminary data. But Ryan, if you could put up the next slide, please. However, they immediately put out a call, a grant call, uh, giving millions of dollars, I mean millions upon millions of dollars for something because they got the original data. And they say right here, it's written very clearly. I, I didn't even know what to believe when a friend of mine told me this, that they were applying for a grant. Uh, but when you look it up, this is public knowledge because it's federal grant money that's being given uh, to people to do research. This is what they found in the preliminary data. And this is their call for action. They say description of the procurement, this is the procurement of those funds. The MHRA, that's that regulatory agency, urgently seeks an artificial intelligence. They want software tools to process the expected high volume of COVID-19 vaccine. And these are what are called ADRs, adverse drug reactions. And that's to ensure that no details from these ADRs or reactions texts are missed. What they found was they expected such a, a high, an unexpectedly high volume of reactions that there was no way for a human to process it. Let's, let's make sure that the men are getting that, if we can do that for just a moment. So Dr. Whiteside, in the past, and well, in your years as a scientist and even now, when there's a need for research in the, in the world of science, then there's a call Correct. for research facilities to apply for funding, millions of dollars that yes, they're sir. gonna need to do this research yes, because sir. in the field, this is needed, right? right? And so what you're saying is, as the vaccine has come out, at least this vaccine we're talking about, Moderna, immediately, even before they started injecting normal people, yes, sir. they put out a call, where are the researchers? Yes, sir. We need to give millions of dollars to people because we know there's gonna be an unexpected high amount of That's adverse correct. reactions. They're saying this is based on the preliminary data that they got from Pfizer months ago. This isn't the new data, this is months ago. Amazing. They, the data was so, I would just use the word scary here, and I'm just gonna say that, it was scary enough that they said, we need some kind of software to wow. deal with this huge amount. Therefore, we're gonna put a call to general scientists. These so are all So they have academics. the money and they're just saying, yes. where can we spend millions of dollars? Because we're gonna to have to have, oh, yes. we know we're gonna have so many adverse reactions. Correct. We've got to have research facilities dealing with this. That's right, that's that exactly right. right. Okay. That, that's exactly right. And keep in mind what we just showed you, um, that's all public information and I have all the links. Please send me an email after this. I'd love to give you all the research information. You can easily find it on the ted.europa.eu. So that's the, the ted.europa.eu, but I will, I will provide those links. Um, the preliminary data, the government got the preliminary data, this, this regulatory agency, and they said to themselves, we can't deal with this. We're gonna send out this call to all scientists. That means every researcher and professor Mm. at all universities and colleges got a call saying, if you want to work on this project, if you're good at software, send us your proposal. We're going to dig through it and we're going to allot, and they have, it's already been funded, uh, millions mm. of dollars to produce this software to deal with this huge number of adverse reactions. And so you might say to yourself now, uh, Mr. Tomlinson, a lot of people have been injected, hundreds of thousands have been injected. Is there an adverse reaction that we can see? And right. I, if, uh, uh, Mr. Kiter, if you could go to the third slide, I'd like to show that data today. This is from, 
I believe December 18th, this data that we're about to show, is it up? Great. Uh, December 18th, and it's the data straight from the CDC. This isn't something that we're getting from an unknown source or anything like that. This is straight from the, from the CDC. And what it has, if you look at this, this is called the uh, Active Surveillance of COVID-19 Vaccines. And, and this is just the most recently updated. If you see that little asterisk next to December 18th, it just tells you what time on December 18th at 5.30 p.m., that this particular data has come in. And I think it's very peculiar. If you look at the left column, um, these are the only three things that they've reported and, and generalized for the general public. And I think you should always look at where people put emphasis. And the emphasis here is on the number of people that have gotten just one dose, one injection. The second is called health impact events. And they, they, they put two asterisks next to that. We'll mm. talk about that in just a minute. And the third one, the third one, they want to point out the number of pregnancies at the time of vaccination. Now, if you'll take a look at it and look all the way over to the far right, where it says December 18th, keep in mind that these are just numbers associated with injections so far. There's hundreds of thousands, and these are just some of the ones that have been recorded. There's 112,807 that were recorded on that 5.30 p.m. on December 18th. Of those, 3,150 had what are called health impact events. Now, uh, I don't know if you can see this or not on your screens, but if you go to the CDC website or, or if you can see this, there's two asterisks at the bottom. Well, the term health impact <laughs> event, yes, that doesn't sound bad at face value, but what is that talking about? Is that those are the ADRs, the adverse drug reactions. They're hmm. hiding it with a new, a new name. And if you scroll down to the bottom, it says with two asterisks, health impact events, two asterisks, unable to perform normal daily activities, unable to work and required care from a doctor or healthcare professional. So these are the wow. adverse drug reactions that are serious enough that there's a, a problem that you need to seek immediate medical attention. You're going to be wow. unable to work and uh, you're gonna not be able to perform your normal daily functions. Some people have not been able to use the bathroom or get up to go to the bathroom. Some people um, are left partially paralyzed. Um, and so this number, 3,150 yes, out of 112,000 in, in this report, is yes, that percentage is about, about 3%. Three percent. Three out of 100 people, yes, sir. Is that, comparatively, is that a high percentage compared to someone getting <laughs> the flu shot or getting something else? Is this a higher than normal percentage or is you're, this normal? Mr. Tomlinson, you're completely in my brain right now. Yeah. The next slide, Mr. Kiter. Uh, is exactly the answer to that question. If you look at this next slide, um, it is the serious adverse reactions to vaccinations uh, that, are, that are normal. So these are for things like DTaP, and that's the, the tetanus shot. That's one mm -hmm. out of a million injections, one out of a million, not three wow. out of 100 or three out of 100,000. It's one out of a million, one out of a million, not 3,000 out of 100,000, wow. right? So instead of it being 3%, it's 0.000000001%, right? right? You know, those are, that's, there's nine zeros or six zeros there. Wow. Uh, so if you look at that, we're talking completely different. If you look at MMR, the measles, mm. mumps, and rubella, that's about one out of a million, between one, one out of two, 20,000 uh, to one out of a million. So we're talking 0.0001%. Uh, if you look at the uh, meningitis one, it's very, it's so rare, they don't even have a number associated with it because there's too many zeros. If you look at rotavirus, that's about one out of 20,000 to one out wow. of 100,000. So we're talking three out of 100 people are so severely re re allergic to this and we're reacting so poorly to this um, that it's uh, orders of- They need medical care, they may have to miss work, they may be- Correct, or th that they have indeed right. missed work. Yes, it, it says they're Most unable to work. Um, you know, we're, we're talking three, this is 1,000 to a million times So this is higher. more than my arm hurts oh, yes. a little bit. This is more than something simple or just surface. Correct. This is, this is a bodily reaction. Yeah. It's, three out of 100 instead of like a measles, mumps, rubella shot, one out of a million. That's correct. We're talking, you know, wow. 100,000 times more adverse. So there's than, reason for concern. There's, there's reason, reason for certain, and it's, it's well documented, Mr. Tomlinson. These, are, these aren't something that, you know, is just some guy saying on the internet. These are well documented things that the CDC has published their data because they're required to. And it's so, uh, it's so adverse with the preliminary data that the European Research Council has made a huge call with millions of dollars to be able to deal 
mm. uh, with the huge amount of side effects. And you know, those side effects vary. People are saying that they can't feel parts of their face, that they're unable to move, they're unable to get up and walk to bathrooms. They're passing out live on TV. There, now, there are things that are happening. I don't mean to scare anybody, but just as an example, this is not the first time there's a shot or a vaccination that's been developed. I guess early on, you know, it started with smallpox vaccinations. Oh, yes, and, you know, we're glad that's not around anymore, that type of thing. But it took time. And have there been, let me, for lack of a better word, have there been botched up vaccinations uh, in the past that sure. hurt people? And then over time, it got worked out. There have been a few bad examples of that, perhaps, right? Uh, absolutely. They're constantly revamping vaccinations, and but not even just vaccinations. Sometimes it's just preventative measures. There's a very famous example of us not knowing adverse side reactions. So right now we're talking about something that you get an injection and there's an immediate reaction on you. But let me ask you this, Mr. Tomlinson. What if the reaction doesn't come till later? Why are they mm -hmm. listing pregnancies? You know, they're not just expecting right. it on a person getting the injection, but the unborn child right. uh, that, is, that has been conceived and is still a child, but has not left the mother yet, not left the womb. So even, even the scientists who are promoting it are showing that they're definitely concerned. They, they're There's definitely concern. working into the unknown here as far as and, pregnancies. Indeed, and when you yeah. look at pregnancies, there's a really famous example from the 1940s, then again in the 1950s, all the way to 1961, and then again in the 1980s with a drug called uh, thalidomide, uh, T-H-A-L-I-D-O-M-I-D-E. And it was considered a miracle drug for pregnant women. I don't know about you, Mr. Tomlinson, but when my wife was pregnant, she had a horrible time uh, with morning sickness. With it seemed like everything that mm -hmm. that could be a, a challenge or a test, uh, she, she had she had somehow developed that thing, and, and it was it was difficult on her. Mm -hmm. And there was a drug that came out in the 1940s that got rid of all of that, and it was called uh, thalidomide. And thalidomide was given to these women, and, and it made them feel great while they were pregnant. But then all of a sudden, five, ten years later, they started to realize there was this huge tick and uprising in and deformed babies that were born and deformed children and a lot of miscarriages. I'm talking hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of miscarriages and, and deformities. And in the 1950s, they started to research a little bit. Then they realized it was probably statistically associated with the drug and they ceased production of that drug in 1961. They quit mm. using it uh, because of this, because they had no idea at the time because they pushed it out so quickly that there are horrible side effects later. Then again, in the 1980s, they brought it up again and started mm. using it again for, uh, for anti-cancer drugs. And it once again happened, this tick up of, of deformities and, and, and diseases and, and miscarriages in women. When we look at these vaccines, we only know a three month short term effect of this, or maybe even a little bit longer than that. But we, we have yet to have seen a baby be born. We have yet to right. have seen the adverse reactions that can come later. Um, but apparently they're, they're suspect of it because they're documenting every one of those occurrences. Right, and the reason we're discussing this obviously is because pastor wants you to be informed and he wants you, you know, as someone who has influence and someone who people are looking to for answers often, you can't, off, you can't always give them the what to do, but you can inform people. Correct. You could perhaps put them into contact with some of these resources that can help them to be informed we understand that. We know of medical people, for example, maybe not people whose names we need to give, but there are medical personnel that we know of who are very educated people, yes, well-informed people who've already said, for me, I'm going to hold off on this. That's correct. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Some people very, very close to me for and, now are holding And off we know others who've said, for me, I'm all in. You know, yes, I think sir. I know of others that way. Indeed. And it is going to come down to an individual's decision in that way. I think the hard thing is when we look ahead and we fear because of the spirit of the age and a lot of this sort of draconian mandates that are coming down. Yes, sir. I think we fear, is it going to be mandated? Is it going to be mandated for people to keep their jobs? Someone asked a question about that. That's a difficult thing for a pastor to deal with if, when they have a, a faithful member who's wanting to know, should I... Should I leave my career sure. even if it's mandated? Right. But if the Constitution is uphold, we do have we do have rights. Oh, HIPAA laws, absolutely. We have rights about what we do with our body. I mean, frankly, for many years, I think we've heard people on other sides of issues say, "It's my body; I can do my what choice. I want to." It's with my body, it. my choice. Right. Yes. And uh, we may have to turn that back around a little bit, right? You know. 
you look at you look at these things happening, and I'm with you. There's uh, there's some very specific questions we have gotten about this, um, and I'm sure many of you are asking the same thing. What if it's mandatory? The truth it's is, is con constitutionally though, it should not ever be able to be mandatory. There would have to be laws that are changed that say you no longer have religious freedom. We now control the autonomy of your body, right. and then that's that's what that's what's really going on here. That's not a spirit of Christ. That's not a spirit of free will. That is a spirit of the Antichrist, and we've covered right. this before, yeah. um, that once you start to give up your civic and civil liberties, once you say, I don't know what's best for my body, but the government does, and they're now in control, you are unable to probably ever get those liberties back. If you allow someone to uh, tell you what's best for you and allow someone to inject you with something that you may or may not even know what it consists of, or if it will even uh, hurt you or have an adverse reaction later in life or to your children, um, then you're giving up uh, a civil liberty and you're saying that the government is now in control of our, our autonomy, right. which, is, which is a huge mm. problem. And I, I like the reference you used. It's your body, it's your choice. <laughs> That's used all the time on the other side of many of these issues. Um, but it, it should be very clear. And, you know, uh, people very closely related to me, including my wife, have written very strong letters to state right. representatives saying, um, we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to allow the Constitution to be changed that you can have control over my body. Well, as long as we have a voice, we need to use it, right? Yes, sir. And, you know, as believers, we know our body is the temple of the Spirit of God. That's right, the and image so of God. We are a steward yes, of sir. that body that God has given us. And we're going to need to ask God for this sound wisdom that He's promised He has for us. Yes, sir. To make the right choices and to be the right steward of this temple that God's given us. Absolutely. We want to use it for His glory. Amen. And these are not easy things, but we do want to be informed, and we want to try to help others to be informed. Absolutely. I know there's a few other questions that relate to this. Some people want to know Moderna, Pfizer, yes, AstraZeneca. Oh, right. These are different different developments of vaccines. Yeah. Should we be concerned, or are there, is there any information we should know one versus the other? One's, Absolutely. One's stored in a very cold you know, transport, one's right. not, and people wonder, does that make it better or worse? Right. And then some may even be developed a different way. If you don't mind, I'd like for you to address that, and then maybe even also segue into an issue we dealt with, I think, a number of weeks ago here. Absolutely. About the fact that vaccinations can be developed through the abortion industry. Oh, yes. They're using human tissue. Correct. And we have some ethical, um, you know, understanding of that. Yes. That makes us, as people who understand we're creating the image of God. So Absolutely. take it a little bit that direction, the differences in these vaccines and maybe how they were developed. Do we need sure. to be informed about any of that? I, absolutely. Yeah. I think you should most certainly know what these vaccines are. There, keep in mind, there, there are hundreds of these that are in development, but there are a dozen. There are a dozen that are at the forefront of all of this. Uh, the two that are synthetically derived are Moderna and, um, and Pfizer. And they've given very strong statements about how they were produced. I have uh, the list of ingredients here. I have their actual What do you report. mean by synthetically derived? Explain synthetically, that. I mean that they're not using the actual virus, DNA or RNA, messenger RNA in this case, uh, to do the vaccination. You're not actually being immunized, uh, immunized against the actual virus. You're being immunized against a synthetic form that they have made of the virus. So they inject you uh, with a nanoparticle, it's a lipid, um, which I'm very familiar with this, this technology. Um, as many as you know that, that know anything about my research, uh, it specializes in the use of nanotechnology to deliver things to systems, including drugs and uh, pesticides and fungicides, mm -hmm. many different systems. In this particular case, they're wrapping a piece of mRNA that's mimicking uh, the look of a virus, and it's wrapped in a very, very, very small droplet of a lipid, a uh, fat. You know, and it's wrapped in it and it's being delivered to a system and your body will make the immunization against that RNA, which is also associated uh, with the virus. It's, it's part of the virus and the proteins that so it would So it's triggering the immune system that's in the body already. You're, you're, just, you're just getting yourself, uh, you're, you're giving the programming to your body to say, if this ever shows up, attack it. The problem is, is we don't know what else shows up with that particular mRNA strand. There has been reports of it uh, also being associated with what's called a spike protein. And a spike protein is what's in women that allows them to produce a placenta. So if you knock out and you start uh, having your body fight 
uh, an immune response against this RNA strand, but that's also, if a woman's about to become pregnant, that's gonna form the placenta, you're gonna have aborted babies. The, the image of God will be aborted in these particular cases. Uh, we don't really know the instance of that. However, these are just two, that's Moderna and Pfizer. There are many others that use a traditional vaccination technique where they take their cells and they grow them in aborted human fetal cells. And I wanna make that clear, aborted human fetal cells. So that's different than the synthetically produced. Correct. Which is Moderna and Pfizer. Correct. These Pfizer. are, yes. So some others are using the fetal cell, we call them the human tissue. These are not. Let, let me preface that. Beings. You should always know that any vaccination at some point during the steps to get to the vaccination has used uh, fetal cells that were from aborted babies, whether they be from the Netherlands or the UK or Oxford or here in, in America. At some point during that vaccination protocol, they used these cells. Not all of them will have it in their end product. Uh, Moderna and Pfizer say they don't have that in their end product so because they were saying, synthesized. So you're just trying to be clear because you're, you're speaking well and quickly and I want to make sure <laughs> everybody understands. So you're saying if somebody takes a Moderna or the Pfizer, according to what they've released, what's going into your body is not human tissue cell strain. It's, it's synthetically, but it took some, it took the human cell tissue in the early development Correct. to get to that synthetic production Correct. of it. Is that but what you're saying? That's exactly okay. right for Pfizer and Moderna. Let me, let At least me that's what they've released. That's what they've released. We don't, we right. don't know uh, that for certain. Let me read you this quote. But this others is, perhaps do include, that's how they're developed, with human cell strains. And it's actually in what's injected, right? Correct. So if you look at AstraZeneca and you look at uh, hmm. um, Janssen, J-A-N-S-S-E-N. They've been asked multiple times, uh, are there fetal cells? A lot of people thought it would be um, the particular strain we talked about last time. And they said, no, 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 we don't have that strain in our cells. But then they tell you what they really do have. And I want to read these to you. This is a quote straight from them. Um, I think I might have sent this around, but I'm not sure if it's there. But it's straight from uh, Astra uh, Visor. AstraZeneca, I'm sorry, it's straight from AstraZeneca, and they say him, human embryonic kidney 293, that's called HEC, H-E-K, 293, and I strongly urge you to look these up. HEC 293 cells are derived from one of the most common cell lines used in biological research. The HEC 293 cell is derived from a normal fetal human embryonic kidney cells initially created in 1973. They're wording this in a way that you don't realize this is from the kidney cell of an aborted child that has been reproduced over and over and over again and injected into humans millions upon millions of times without even the consent um, mm. of these people associated with it. It means that there is mm. an aborted child in many people's bodies because of these techniques. Then they gladly say, this large scale protein production of HEC 293 cells means the vector vaccines like the potential AZD1222, that's AstraZeneca's um, vaccination, can be efficiently grown in these HEC293 cells in large quantities. What they're saying, Mr. Thomason, if I, sorry, this really tears me up. You know, the, these are images of God that were inside of a woman. You know, we're producing the image of God and, and his likeness, and people are destroying that line and that image of God to produce things for. Mm. 50 years. Because it's more efficiently done that way. <laughs> That's exactly what he says, because it's more efficient. And they actually could reproduce it synthetically, it. Absolutely. but they're using that cell line and they, because it's more And they tell more, you why. They tell you why, because they can know. be efficiently grown in these HEC 293 cells in large quantities. Hmm. They're using an industry of aborted babies because it's efficient. Because it's efficient. It's a wow. money. It's a money game. They go on to say, and the very end of their quote, several, they were trying to make an argument saying this, we're, we're doing fine. Mm -hmm. They say several vaccines that protect against preventable infections that cause significant diseases and even death use cell lines derived from fetal tissue. Vaccines that protect against measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox are examples of vaccines that use these cell lines derived from fetal tissue. That's just from AstraZeneca saying they use HEC, H-E-K, 293, but uh, Janison also came out and said, we use PER-C6, which is P-E-R-C6. And that's another cell line from, uh, I believe that was from the Netherlands, from an aborted cell line. Uh, AstraZeneca is the mm. Oxford vaccine uh, that's hugely and widely um, talked about right now. And Janssen's the others. And they, these are all traditionally done. All the traditional vaccinations, you can almost guarantee, 
have these cell lines there's and be, human aborted There's going to be lines. big decisions to be made. Yes, sir. And I think we understand we're hearing, we're hearing of things that cause concern. We hear of possibilities in the United Kingdom, yes, other sir. countries, Australia. We hear of airlines who are saying as soon as we can, if, if we can, if legally we can, we want to require some type of vaccination card or some vaccination proof. If that happens, yes, sir. you know, is there, you know, we talked, we talked a few weeks ago about the fact that you're in nanotechnology and there is a way to inject nanoparticles yes, into sir. people and then track them or either know, you know, if they are part of a certain group or not, you know, through those particles. So as far as we know, is there anything in this vaccine? As far as we know, what knowledge yes, we have, what research we have, is there something actually in the vaccine right now that automatically tracks people? Right. So based people on... People want to know that. Right. Based on their... Uh, I'll, I'll have the link for this up. I mm -hmm. want to make sure we post all the information that Pfizer has given us. Um, it doesn't show anything with a tracking capability. However, if you look at people like Ticketmaster, who have come out and publicly said, apparently they've redacted this now, but they've publicly said, we are going to force people to have the vaccination and have your phone as an ID, a vaccine ID on your phone that will allow you to enter the concert. They won't even allow you to enter a concert, watch a public show, go to a ball game. Hmm. Uh, that's what they were saying, uh, unless you have a vaccination. That is 100% against what are called HIPAA laws. HIPAA laws protect your medical information and identity. Um, they protect also partially your religious identity in the mm. sense that if you have a religious exemption from something because it goes against your religion, right. a God-given freedom and a government-given freedom, um, then they cannot ask or force you to do anything related to that. Amen. And without those laws being changed, it is unconstitutional so to force that upon so a person. So as far as we know, there's nothing inherently in the shot it doesn't look that, that way. that's injecting you with something trackable. But people are already starting businesses, public gatherings. We've Absolutely. heard of airlines such as airlines in Australia and in the Europe who are saying, we want some way to know whether or not people have had this. And now I think they're exploring, you know, do we have the legal right to do that in our country? And of course, in some countries, it's very likely that they do. Correct. This is going to affect someone as has uh, mentioned, this is going to have a large effect on our missionaries. Oh, yes. That have come, that have been sent out of your churches and they're going to have decisions to make Correct. about um, in that country, you know, what what will allow them to get in or get on flights that lead mm -hmm. in and that type of thing. So we're going to see a squeeze. There's no doubt about it right. because of the spirit of the age. But we're trying to get informed just so we can know, you know, is there tracking in it or will people try to track it some other way? They want to break our we're, HIPAA laws. We're going to have to stay in touch and Absolutely. find out where this goes, especially in our own country. It seems like it's right on the horizon, yeah. but if we... I mean, if you look at it, you know, if the right people try to make a law to push this, they would have to change part of our civil and civic liberties to do so. Now do let, not give those up. Ever. Now, let me ask a logical question that someone has asked, in fact, sent in earlier. Yes, sir. We love people, okay? We're Christians, and the first thing we want to do is help people. We love God, and we love our neighbor, right? Yes, absolutely. We don't want anybody to be sick. No. So someone may ask the question, Okay, if I'm leery or if people are leery of the vaccine or side effects, that is there anything else I can do? Sure. That's I, a fair question. Absol isn't it? Absolutely. Um, Mr. Thomas, and we might think like that's the only option. Is there another option? You know, there are tens of thousands of doctors, medical professionals have gotten together to point all this out. They've even brought it to the Senate to point wow. out that there are other options. The first thing they always point out is that your body is more efficient than the vaccine. Wow. If you think about it for a second, over 99%, mm. some people say it's around 99.6%, 99.7% of people that get the illness survive it and then have naturally, naturally produced antibodies in their body against COVID-19. That's a big number of people uh, that are effective against the vaccination, or sorry, against the, the virus. And I believe, I believe that evidence is how long that lasts is, is seemingly longer and longer. They, they is what, keep, what the we're number finding. keeps getting longer. I think and longer. originally they said three months, yeah. and then you're you're immune for six months, yep. and then now someone else said year. maybe a year, a year and a they're half. They're saying it's longer. Than, they know it's longer than a year. That's so what they're saying. God has already engineered what's inside Your body to be better than what man's trying to make. You know, right? uh, the 
uh, Robert Redfield, I believe is his name, the director of the CDC, has come out and said that, you know, that between 70 and 90 percent won't, uh, 70, 90 percent, that's the effectiveness probably of the vaccinations that we'll ever get, and that you should continue to wear a mask because of that. That's, that was his argument. But he's also saying 30 percent of the people aren't going to become immune to COVID-19 that have gotten the vaccination. Mm. That, that, that's the number that it's up to. Your body is more efficient than the actual vaccination itself. God produced you better than any vaccination. So we want to help people. We're, we're for people. That, what else? Is there anything else? A absolutely. There, says, what else can I do? There's, I'm, I'm afraid. What else can I do? There's two big ones. There's a man named Dr. Paul, P-A-U-L, Paul, just as in the apostle, Merrick, M-A-R-I-K, and I strongly urge people to look up this man's research. He's not only published on this, uh, his group of uh, medical professionals collectively have published 2,000 medical manuscripts hmm. uh, on, on particular things. He's an expert on uh, respiratory illnesses. He's an expert on all these things. And he brought up a really strong point that we've already had drugs that prevent COVID-19. We just weren't using them. So there's one particularly called Ivermectin, I-V-E-R-M-E-C-T-I-N. That's I-V-E-R. M-E-C-T-I-N, ivermectin. It's a drug that we've had for quite a while and it's used against other coronaviruses. Isn't that a shocker? It's a drug that's used against other coronaviruses, not necessarily SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2, but it's used against other coronaviruses. The family of coronaviruses. Family of coronaviruses. Right. They all on a structural level look identical or similar. So he's saying, uh, in their research that is in peer review right now with the NIH, the National Institute of Health, that they've taken many different studies. I think there's 37 different studies on this, but they did it with a group of medical professionals. They had one group, 400 people, medical professionals, that took the vaccine, or not the vaccination, that took this drug as a preventative measure, um, uh, as just a, a pro prolactic, basically, uh, ivermectin they took. And then they had 400 medical uh, individuals that did not take uh, the drug. The 400 individuals that did not take the drug, about 237, I believe, were eventually got hmm. COVID-19. So over half ended up with COVID-19. Of the people that took this drug, zero out of 400, zero, not one or two, not wow. 10, so zero. So it was a preventative. It was preventative, but it also helps if you've gotten it. People don't know when hmm. you go to your doctor with COVID-19, you can ask for two things. The first one has been talked about a lot, and I believe recently the FDA has finally said, okay, uh, this seems okay. It's called hydroxychloroquine, and it's the drug used for malaria. Um, it's the drug used for malaria. If you look at African countries, they have ridiculously low levels of COVID-19, but they also take malaria medicine every day, or at least uh, frequently, much more frequently than we do. And this is one particular one. If you take that with zinc, vitamin D and vitamin C, that's the recommended way to do it, and, a, and a, an antibiotic, not only is it preventative, it will rip the shell off of a coronavirus uh, with, and, and then it will also kill the, kill the virus with the zinc and the hydroxychloroquine. And that's, wow. that's the method used to do so. Hmm. So I, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are two that your doctor will prescribe you. They'll prescribe it preventively and they will also prescribe it as a, uh, as a after the fact uh, drug or remedy or, or medicine. That's amazing. Yep, and you know, they're That's having amazing. great success with that. I highly recommend to go look up Dr. Mal, uh, Paul uh, Merrick and just look at any of, he, he spoke to, to the Senate, go look up his Senate meeting. He gives all the data during his Senate conference. It's a 10 minute video and mm. it will really inform you of that there's other options that for some reason because of money, because these are both very, very cheap. Um, I know people that have paid $6. Uh, to get this medicine. Right. Uh, it's very, very cheap and inexpensive. Uh, you Maybe they're not being promoted because of a money issue. Amazing. Well, gentlemen, we're trying to help you. You have a few other issues here, I think, that, that pertain. But Yes, sir. Um, I, I think that the more informed we can be with, with people who have sound wisdom from God, the better off we can be. And that's what we're trying to promote to you today. And I appreciate Pastor trying to keep us informed and encouraged. I, I know that even when we get informed, we don't always know what step to take next. And sure. you know, the Bible does say sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So oh, yes. we don't need to, we don't need to lose, you know, our zeal for today, worrying about what may happen tomorrow, but we are trying to look ahead as leaders because we know that we're headed somewhere. Yes. 
um, and we see some of this direction and we're trying to get in front of it, I think, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, I have a pulpit, you know, I have an influence. What would you say, just from your professional perspective, they're not going to be able to take a Bible and say, this is exactly, you know, the move for every little thing like this. Yes. Is the role of these men to, to try to help, help people who come to them and say, I need, I need to know where to turn. I need to know some direction to take. I need to know what to read. Yes. Do you see these men as having a huge role that, you know, they do love their people. They do want to help their people. How can they help them in the best way with this? I think there's, from the pulpit, you specifically said that. I'd like to address it in that regard. Mm -hmm. There's one main thing that you can do from the pulpit always. God tells us to do it. Um, he tells people to do it, and that's simply preach the Word of God and to discern spirits. If yeah. you think about the spirit behind this, he tells us specifically to discern spirits. What spirit is behind the right. motivation of what's happening? Right. It's either the spirit of Christ, or if you're not for me, you're against me, or it's the spirit against Christ. Mm -hmm. It's either the spirit of Christ or it's not. If something is not the spirit of Christ, it should never be promoted from the pulpit. Yes. Uh, that makes that to me is what the Bible says it should never be promoted from the pulpit. I believe that there is a spirit of the Antichrist that is in our world today, Mr. Mm -hmm. Thomason. You and I have talked about this uh, many times. Pastor mm -hmm. has talked about this. People have talked about this because discerning Christians can see something that this isn't just a physical thing happening physically in our world today. It's something very spiritual that is behind it. I find it amazing that, you know, a lot of these pastors that have, uh, that have sent in questions, and thank you so much for these questions, they say, from the pulpit, what do I do? From the pulpit, what do I do? From the pulpit, mm -hmm. what do I do? And, and the truth is, is you preach the gospel in the spirit of Christ. If it's not the spirit of Christ, then it shouldn't be promoted. Right. And if it's against the spirit of Christ, it should be downed. Yes. It should be shot down. I want to ask one more technical question, yes, sir. at least one more here, and we'll run out of time here in about seven, eight minutes. And I want to have a few minutes just to wrap up with yes, some sir. things Pastor wants me to share. One of the technical questions I think has come up, especially this past week, we heard the headlines of new strains of COVID-19 oh, sure. coming out of London, blocking the flights. It's almost as if, oh no, is all this going to happen again with, you know, what does it mean when they say a new strain? Can you sure. help us to understand that? Absolutely. Whenever we speak of the word strain, I, I'm, I'm going to go biological just for a moment, just so we can talk about it. Uh, if you think about baker's yeast, a baker wants to make some bread, and you want your bread to rise, and when the bread rises, it's actually a little yeast inside of the bread that's taking sugar, and it's releasing a little bit of CO2, which make those little pockets in our sourdough bread, right? The little holes you see when you bite into the bread and it's releasing some byproducts from that. So it's releasing CO2, and that's, that's a species called Saccharomyces cerevisiae, big word, right? That's one species that is always used, and we call it baker's yeast. But there's hundreds of strains of Saccharomyces cerevisiae that behave slightly differently. They're the same species, but they're a different strain within that species. They have slightly different attributes, even though they're the same species. The same can be said about flu. Every year, you know, they no longer call it a flu vaccination. There is no flu vaccination or else you wouldn't have the flu every year. But there is a flu shot and we call that a flu shot. And that's a shot you just have to get if you want to get it. I've never had one, but a lot of people have. You have to get it if you want to get it to get rid of the, the, the flu strain that they think is going to be most prevalent that year. Hmm. And they often get it wrong. About 40% right. of the time they get it wrong. Hmm. Um, I'm sorry, 60% of the time they get it wrong. Meaning you just got a shot for a flu you're never going and to see. And by the way, I don't hear of hardly anyone having the flu this year. <laughs> uh, is you that know, just me or is that happening someone very, very, everywhere? Some, I don't know. <laughs> someone very, very close to me. It's actually my wife. Uh, my, my wife, who is very, very close to me, uh, has a friend that is a rep for Thermoflu. I think that's what or it's called. Tamiflu? Tamiflu. Yeah. Thank you. So sorry yeah. about that. Uh, she has a friend that's a rep for Tamiflu. And uh, she was telling me this story the other day that she, or no, she's, she, she it's related to the person that has the, this, this rep, and they've sold no Tamiflu this year. No one 
has had the regular flu this Somehow year. Somehow they all have COVID. But yet Coca-Cola, <laughs> but your Coca-Cola you drink tests positive for coronavirus, right? That's been shown. They've used Coca-Cola in a Senate meeting in, in Europe or in a, in, a, in a parliament meeting in Europe. And a man took Coca-Cola, a dropper, put it on the, the quick COVID-19 uh, detection and it tested positive. The Coca-Cola tested positive for the COVID-19 vaccination, right? No one's had the flu this year, but everybody seems to be getting uh, COVID-19. It's, it, is, it is quite a thing. Of course, there's gonna be new strains of yes. coronavirus. It, coronavirus itself is a strain of another coronavirus. That's why it's called COVID-19. And so whatever has been developed against it, a vaccine or whatever, yes, will have to stay in flux with whatever, um, with whatever happens. You know, if you look at the numbers, and we went over this uh, the last time we had the Shepherd Summit, and I, I published those numbers. I sent them out to hundreds. I think actually thousands of people got those numbers. If you do the math, um, the if you do the math on this, the number is so low to begin with that we're talking flu levels. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're talking about flu levels, even though it's considered a pandemic and the numbers are in, in, in fluctuated to keep it above a pandemic level. We show all that math. I strongly recommend you look at that. Um, the numbers are so low in comparison that we're, we're talking about flu levels. So of course there mm. will be new strains. And of yeah. course it may be at the same level of, of what we consider a, a flu virus. And I, and I hate to say that because people will get sick, yes. uh, Mr. Thomas, and people are going to die. Um, but it's just not at the level that we're being told it's at. And if you do the numbers, they're telling you it's not at the right. level that it's at. And I strongly sympathize with those families and with the people that are that are that have struggled through this and that are that are going through this, I also sympathize with the people that are stuck at home with the huge amount of self harm yes. that has helped that has happened, no the huge amount of suicides that has increased, especially with military personnel from just being isolated from their support systems that um, that had kept hmm. them going before. You know, anything that's going to keep us out of church, I believe, is of the spirit of the antichrist. No doubt. Anything that says no you doubt. need this thing to worship God, no, you don't. You need your Bible, you need right. your prayer to be able to worship God. You need God's word and you need to be able to speak to him. And that's only by being saved through Jesus Christ and having access Amen. to God the Father. Gentlemen, I heard the most really heartbreaking story from one of our alumni pastors, and you know him as well. And he told me of a man who came to a drive-in service several weeks ago and he'd been held up in his home. He was living in fear. He was in his upper 60s, not a very old man, but um, a retired gentleman, afraid and alone for many, many months. And he came to a drive-in service and he cracked the window and he placed his tithing envelope through the window with his tithe in it and asked someone, please give that to the pastor. Please put that in the offering. And he left the service and he went home and that night he took his own life. Mm. Mm. And what a horrible thing to think of the, a man who had nothing else to live for. And, and gentlemen, people need to know there's, a, there's still someone and something to live for. There's the Lord, Amen. there's the cause of Christ. I shared with you earlier in this video how our pastor has helped us to move forward just from a church member's perspective, from a, a worker's perspective. He kept giving us the Word of God. He's led us to be a praying people. He has encouraged our workers and kept us energized. He has kept us believing that God has more for us. Yes. And he has emphasized the things that never change. And I hope you'll take that to heart. Pastor wanted me to share with you a reminder that there are, I think, 20 or 30 of these booklets. Many, many of them are available called a Solid Answer Series. And these answer questions. Does God love homosexuals? Is abortion the killing of the unborn? and on and on you can go. But these are a lot of the social issues that are right in front of us today. And it could be in the new year that it becomes much more heated. Uh, we have Mr. Biden seemingly wanting to uh, appoint someone as the head of education mm. who is what he calls himself a transgendered person. Now, if you imagine that type of person, the head of all the education of all of our children in America. It's just unbelievable what we're potentially going to face on these issues. And so I want to remind you that there are solid answers booklets available through 
Crown Publications and Faith for the Family. And you may want to take the time to look at that, have some of those things available for some of your people, maybe just for yourself to help you to deal with some of these issues biblically. We've taught all of these in our church, and they've been such a blessing and help. We've taught them to our teenagers because they need to know the answers to these, Amen. these issues as well. Yes. Dr. Whiteside, I want to thank you for being with us thank today. You, Gentlemen, thank you, I want to encourage you to pray for our pastor. He's doing well. And as you know, he would have been here if at all possible today. And he'll be with you, God willing, next Tuesday. And we're looking forward to that. We'll send out all the word. Someone has asked, will this video be available? And yes, it will. We'll have that posted. And we post these videos each Shepherd Summit so that people can watch it later. There may be key people that you want to watch this and hear these comments by Dr. Whiteside. And I hope this will become a good resource for you. I know there's many other questions, but we worked to answer the best we could the ones that we had and those that we thought would help people the most. Let's pray together. God bless you. Father, we love you. Bless these men in a special way. Give them, Lord, the energy, the wisdom, the sound wisdom that they need that comes only from you. And may their churches be strengthened in heaven. Bless us in the new year to know that you're still with us and there's much more to be accomplished. In, your in Christ's name I pray. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.